Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. Welcome back to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series, where today we take a look at the Xavier Musketeers out of the Big East. We're going to be joined today by Shannon Russell of WCPO.com, also worked for 15 years at the Cincinnati Inquirer, is an expert on all things Xavier, and is going to give us a great preview today on how the Musketeers college basketball season can go. So many great things about Xavier. Last year, they were up and down. They had some injuries that they suffered. They had a six-game losing streak there in February, but had a dramatic and incredible run in the NCAA tournament where they reached the Elite Eight and almost made the Final Four. They're led by All-American candidate Trayvon Blewett, the 6'6", 198-pound guard, 18.5 points per game, has increased his scoring every single year, and he is going to be on everyone's short list. He's certainly a favorite for Player of the Year in the Big East and a first-team All-American legitimate candidate. This is a senior laden and deep Xavier team. They have J.P. McCura in the backcourt as well, 14.4 points per game. They have guard Quentin Gooden, 6'4", 194-pound sophomore, 5 points per game, 3.4 assists per game, looking to take that important next step. And the frontcourt is strong as well. Big Sean O'Meara, 6'10", 244 pounds, averaged over 10 points per game in that Elite Eight run in the NCAA tournament. Players like Kaiser Gates, Tyree Jones are back in the fold for the Musketeers, and they also have a very strong recruiting class led by 6'3", 200-pound freshman guard Paul Scruggs, who could definitely make an impact right away, as well as Karim Cantor, Enos Cantor's brother from the NBA. He's 6'10", 240 pounds from Turkey, a transfer from Green Bay. And it's all put together by head coach Chris Mack. Chris Mack has 10 NCAA wins, which are the most of any Xavier coach. That includes Sean Miller and Thad Mata. He's had success, sustained success there at Xavier. They've reached the Sweet 16 in six of their last 10 seasons and reached the Elite Eight last year with three upset wins in the NC tournament. This is a team, folks, that can absolutely challenge in the Big East for the regular season conference title. Villanova is the king, and they have been since they've gotten there. But this is Xavier's strongest team, as Shannon's going to tell us. They're deep, they have scores, they have a great coach, and they are going to challenge Villanova and could absolutely win the Big East tournament. This is a team... If you look at what they have, they are always a tremendous rebounding team, finished in the top 40 in both offensive rebound and defensive rebounding percentage last year. That's always one of their strong points. They're going to play hard. They have a great score. They have guards. They have big men. They have it all. And Xavier, of course, has some great games as we talk about coming up in the early season, led by the Crosstown Shootout, which we heard yesterday from Cincinnati, ironically. Cincinnati and Xavier back-to-back. You can't get much better than that. The Screen the Screener College Basketball Team Preview Series today. We're going to hear from Shannon Russell of WCPO.com. You can follow her on Twitter at SL Russell. And now it's time to talk to Shannon. The Screen the Screener team preview series rolls on here with Xavier Basketball. The Xavier Musketeers, one of the top teams in the country this year in the 2017-2018 season. And we are very fortunate to have Shannon Russell from WCPO.com in Cincinnati on the podcast today. She's going to preview Xavier. She's an award-winning journalist that's covered Xavier Basketball for 15 years at the Cincinnati Inquirer and has written for the AP, ESPN, and Cox Media Group. You can follow her on Twitter at SL Russell, and she joins us for a few minutes minutes to talk Xavier men's hoops. Shannon, we can't thank you enough for a few minutes. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. All right. First of all, Shannon, full disclosure here. We previewed Cincinnati yesterday. All right. So I want you to be calm. I don't want any hostility here. First time we had you on the podcast. All right. So it was totally random. Okay. We're not taking sides in the Crosstown shootout. So even though you're following Cincinnati, is that going to be okay? 
Yeah, I think I can uh, muddle through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. Well, listen, Shannon, last year was sort of a roller coaster ride for the Musketeer fans. There was the Miles Davis suspension, Edmund Sumner injury. They started 13-2, and then they had that six-game losing streak in February, and then they had, of course, that amazing run, which we all enjoyed, in the NCAA tournament to the Elite Eight. So last season wasn't for the faint of heart, was it? It, it was not, and I will add in there that um, top player Trayvon Blewett, he injured his ankle. It was a recurring ailment through the end of the season um, that was always kind of on the minds of everybody and it affected his play. Uh, in certain games, and also backup point guard Quentin Gooden also hurt his foot. So there were a lot more things going on um, than just what was on the outset, but it was definitely uh, it was quite a wild ride there from their losing streak to their finish in the Elite Eight. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how you start, it's it's how you finished, and certainly there were high expectations this year for Xavier, and justifiably so, and that starts with Chris Mack. He enters his ninth season. Uh, he was on everyone's short list, Shannon, last year for coaching openings. Of course, Ohio State was open, and there was rumors about that as well. He's number two currently on Xavier's all-time win list, and he just had a year added to his contract in, in September, so it was extended. That locks him up through the 2022-2023 season. Talk about how great a job he has done with the program and what, was there legitimacy to him leaving? Is that always something that's there or is he pretty much here at Xavier now until something just blows him away? Well, I will say that Chris is a, an amazing coach. It's not only his X's and O's, but he really relates well to the players. Um, you know, he's taken Xavier to the Sweet 16 four times than last year, obviously the Elite Eight. You know, and players just really respond well to his style and his uh, just the the way he conducts practice, the way he's, um, you know, so locked in, having played at Xavier, having been from Cincinnati, it all plays into kind of his persona. And to talk about, you know, the, about his potential leaving, I don't think that will happen anytime soon. I think he's got everything he needs at Xavier. It's a high major program. It travels like a high major program. That means chartered flights to most destinations. It means, um, you know, Xavier has no football, so the bread and butter for the school athletically is basketball. So it's the, he's the star of the show. Xavier's got a great program. They just did a bunch of renovations uh, for a new weight room. They're redoing their locker rooms. I mean, there's nothing that he would want for uh, elsewhere and unless he really wanted to go to a place like, say, I don't know, a Louisville, if that job opened up and was a place where that reached out to him. And the only reason that Louisville would be interesting, I think, is because his wife is from there, and it's not too far away from where he grew up, obviously, in Cincinnati. But I honestly think that any overtures he's going to get now are not going to compare to what he has at Xavier. So I would be surprised if, if he left any time in the near future. Oh, that's good to hear. And, and you know, one of the players that did leave was Edmund Sumner. And, and my partner and I have debated this all last year on the podcast about players who seem to be declaring just a year early for the NBA draft. Now, he had an injury-shortened season last year. And listen, he was a real solid player. He was a very good player for Xavier. But I, I felt personally like if he returned to school for one more year, he could absolutely be a first-round pick. We talked to Sam Vecini, and of course, he mentioned to us there's always the monetary family issues, which we're not privy to. But he ended up as a round two, 52nd overall pick in the draft. I feel like he should have come back to Xavier. They would be, you know, potentially a favor for a national title as well. What do you think about Sumner's decision to leave early? I'm not surprised at all. I 
I think that the injury really threw a wrench into his plans. He was hurt in January and um, had surgery, and he also hurt his shoulder. So he was really banged up last year and missed the last uh, probably quarter of the season, if not a third of the season. And so Edmund, if he had come back this year, uh, certainly he would have been a great asset to the team, um, but he wouldn't have been in basketball form um, the way we knew Edmonds, even to this point, he wouldn't be back to that place yet. So it would be just, it wouldn't be the same Edmund as we knew. And now he went through the draft and everyone knew his situation. So in a sense, Indiana got a second round draft pick in Edmund that really would have been a first round draft pick. And he has kind of a privileged, I believe, I don't know what the right term is, like they, they see him as a first-round pick. So they're not like, he's not someone that's really clawing and fighting his way into the Pacers program. They regard him as a piece of what they want to do moving forward. So he has more security with the Pacers than I would say um, other second-round draft picks have with their NBA teams. And not to mention, he had his surgeries, he's um, rehabbing, he's using their NBA doctors and facilities and getting the best possible attention to becoming healthy again. So honestly, I I don't begrudge Edmund. I I know that's like a a good debate to have, but in his situation, I think that was the right move for him to move forward with the draft and, and be able to be picked up by an NBA team and then get better under their eye um, as he goes through that process. Well, that's the key. I mean, it's about sustained success. So, I mean, it certainly sounds that that's great information there that, that he looks like they, they think a lot of him and he's going to hang on there. And that's what we want. We want long careers for these guys because certainly we hate to see him traveling and going around. And, and an injury sometimes can throw a real wrench in that. But that's great to hear about about Edmund Sumner. Um, someone who did return, of course, in a big way is preseason All-American candidate Trayvon Blewett. Uh, his scoring increased every season. He's been at Xavier. He ended last year with a career high 18.5 points per game. And of course, he had 40 points in the Crosstown shootout game at Cincinnati. Uh, he did unfortunately have that arrest in the offseason in, in, in Indiana, which maybe had influenced him returning to Xavier, you know, right before the draft. Uh, in the end, Shannon, I, I th- kind of feel like that could be a great move for him because he could absolutely play himself into a lottery pick situation, I think, this year. So talk about Trayvon Blewett and how great a player he is for Xavier. Absolutely. Trayvon, you know, first of all, he's a great kid and he's a, a talented player. Uh, he tested the NBA draft waters after his um, sophomore season and junior season. He was not invited to the NBA draft combine uh, this year, which was a surprise because he's a talented player on a team that went to the Elite Eight, and he was a big reason they went to the Elite Eight. Um, You know, he returns as Xavier's leading scorer. Um, You know, I think that maybe Trayvon, you know, I haven't had a chance to sit down with him since anything happened, whether it was the off-season arrest or his decision to come back. But from what I gather, you know, he's able to finish his degree. He's able to really leave a legacy at Xavier. He could finish as the second all-time leading scorer. I mean, he's able to really write his career um, based on how he plays this year. And I think that his ultimate goal, or I know it's his goal, is to, to play for the NBA. Um, I think it's surprising he was not invited to the Combine last year, but the feedback he's gotten in the past has shown that he needs to work on different parts of his game to show more versatility uh, because he is, uh, you know, someone that's undersized at the position he plays now. He's a, a three and a stretch four, uh, depending on the game. So, you know, I think Trayvon, his ability to – 
make the decision, come back, and be all in for Xavier is great for Xavier. It is a key part of what they want to do this year. And I think that Trayvon will play, be able to play professionally somewhere after his college career, but this might be his chance to really show those doubters that he's someone that needs to be um, contended with or regarded highly for a lottery pick and next next summer. Totally agree. He took them on his back in that in that NCAA tournament and it was outstanding. I'm joining him in the backcourt this year will be fellow senior JP Macura, who averaged 14.4 points per game in his first year really as a starter. And then one of the key pieces in Xavier's season is sophomore guard Quentin Gooden. You know, I think in many ways, Shannon, I think Macura and Gooden are sort of the bellwethers of this team this year, no? I completely agree. You know, JP Macura, he looks great. He, he has spent the summer in the weight room. He is more physically fit than I've ever seen him. And on top of that, in just um, the short exposure I've seen in practices thus far, he has really taken on that leadership role. He's telling guys where to go and what to do and helping them along. And, you know, this is his team. He and Trayvon and uh, Sean O'Mara are fourth-year players, and this is going to be – to me, JP's best year yet. I mean, he he's a scrapper. He's he's a guy that you want um, to to gamble. Sometimes he, he does things you're you're surprised. He'll take a certain shot or make a play, but he, more often than not, it pays off and is beneficial to the team. And then when you talk about Quentin, he was um, thrown into the fire as a freshman by taking over the point guard position once Edmund Sumner went out with his knee injury, and he acquitted himself nicely. He did very well for the team. Um, starting at point guard and really engineering the offense and and not really letting things drop off too far from when Edmund was there. So Quentin coming back as a sophomore with that experience in addition to JP with is a fourth year player and just an energy you know provider for the team. Those two guys will be hugely impactive this season for Xavier. You know, and you mentioned in the front court, uh, sort of revolves around Sean O'Mara, like you said, 6'10, 244 pounds. He had a real strong NCAA tournament. He averaged 10.5 points per game, double figures in that Elite Eight run. And of course, there's sophomore Tyreek Jones. And then you have a grad transfer this year, senior Karem Cantor, uh, whose brother, of course, is in the NBA. Tell us about the, the Musketeers front court. I mean, they're always a great rebounding team, right? But tell us about the potential of that front court. Well, Sean O'Mara is a key part of that, as you mentioned. He he came up huge for Xavier in the tournament last year, played his best ball uh, in a Xavier uniform, was tenacious, uh, relentless on the glass and in scoring. And I think that confidence was huge for him, not only for that run, but also moving forward as a four-year player, as someone that's kind of going to anchor the front court um, as this season unfolds. And you mentioned Tyreek Jones and Karim Cantor. Tyreek is a gifted athlete. The only thing that was keeping him off the floor at the end of last year was his own fouls. So having a year under his belt and being able to learn from the upper class from last year should help him this year uh, earn more court time and be able to make more of it when he's out there instead of you know going in for a few minutes and then getting a foul and sitting back on the bench. Uh, Karim Cantor, he, he's a great addition um, as a, not only a veteran, uh, but as someone that has a nice soft touch inside and someone that has a lot of experience. Uh, you know, when he come, he came to Xavier in the summer and, and all the guys really warmed up to him right away. And he's got a versatility as someone that can step out and shoot the three, too. 
So I think Xavier is in a really good shape with their front court in terms of having experience and, and talents and, um, you know, different combinations of, of guys that can go in and really make an impact. Definitely. And of course, the freshmen, there's some great freshman recruits at Xavier also. And, and the one that I'm hearing a lot about is Paul Scruggs in that backcourt. But but him or Marshall, can you see the freshmen as well as some other ones seeing quality minutes this year, contributions? Absolutely. The the newcomers are Paul Scruggs, Najee Marshall, and Elias Harden. And they are the highest, uh, they form the highest ranked recruiting class that has ever been at Xavier. So I believe that Scruggs and Marshall absolutely will see time um, early and often as the season unfolds. And it's just a, you know, a great asset to the team to have them on there just from their talent, their ratings, their skills. You know, I think that with, um, as every person trans transfers their talents from high school to college, there are certain points they need to kind of smooth out and, and adjustments they need to make. But these guys come in, all three of those guys come in with great defensive chops. They don't need to be taught uh, a lot of defensive things, which is huge because Xavier hangs its hat on, on its defense. So they come in very well prepared and they're, and they're very talented. So I think that all three of them are going to make an impact this year. And, you know, it's interesting, Shannon, with the schedule. You know, you certainly want to have a, a, a robust non-conference schedule, but you want to have a good record coming out of that because you're going to be in the Big East and you're going to have a real tough battle there with some great teams, you know, especially Villanova. The schedule is strong for Xavier. They have non-conference games against Wisconsin, Baylor, Colorado, and, of course, the Crosstown Shootout on December 2nd, which is at home this year at Xavier. And then, of course, they're trying to chase Villanova as well. Is Xavier the biggest challenge in your mind to Villanova in the Big East this year? I know Providence is, is good. Creighton's always tough, especially at home. Uh, is the feeling around the team right now like this is our chance to, to get Villanova? Absolutely. I think this could be the year that, uh, that Xavier unseats Villanova. This is a very talent-laden Xavier team, and they've, <laughs> they've had some rough games against Villanova. They did beat Villanova uh, when the, the Wildcats were ranked number one. Uh, they won that game at Centos Center. Yep. Uh, but uh, quite often, you know, Villanova's had their number, and it's been a it's been a, a lopsided series. So I think that this, with the talent they have and the experience they have, this could be the year that they 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 come in and they set the tone for the conference and walk away with that um, conference title. Yeah, they well deserve it. It's a it's a great program, a great school, a lot of support there for basketball, and and, and certainly a passion filled crowd. I, I have to ask you your opinion. I, I asked, uh, you know, we talked about Cincinnati about what they feel is is the perspective on the rivalry. We have not attended my partner and I the Crosstown Shootout. We would love to do that someday. It's definitely on our bucket list. For those that don't know, we're on the East Coast here. What is that game like there between Xavier and Cincinnati? Compare it, you know, Louisville, Kentucky, UNC, Duke. From your perspective, you covered it many, many times. What's it like? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've covered Louisville, Kentucky as well. I used to cover Kentucky basketball for the Inquirer and have been to several of those games. And just the atmosphere is electric. It's, it's, uh, it's what you want to see. It's where you want to be. Um, and there's such a history to the Crosstown shootout from, you know, decades ago. Um, you know, there was the ugly turn with the brawl, yep. um, you know, in the midst of that, a change of venue. They played on a neutral court for a while. Now they're back to campus sites and, again, again it's back to Xavier this year. But um, it, it's just it's the game that the fans get the most into. There's so much at stake, bragging rights for a year. Um, and the seniors uh, always seem to play their best games in the in these outings. So it's a game I look forward to every year because it's just really fun to watch. 
Yeah, that's what Chad Brendel of, of the BearcatJournal.com said also. He said it's just unique because it's the same city, you know, and it's yes. it's not like it's two locations. It's the same location. So it really brings just a different level to the game as well. Uh, listen, we, we thank you for your time. I got one more question, then I'll get you out of here. So, Shannon, you're an expert here on Xavier. You've covered them. You know this the city of Cincinnati, the area. You've watched the team, Chris Mack, the whole thing. What do you think? Where's their prediction going to fall in the Big East? And how do you think they're going to do in the in-state tournament? Could this be their final four year? Yes, I absolutely believe this could be their final four year. This is, on paper, the best team that Xavier has ever had from top to bottom. It is just fraught with potential, and it's got a lot of experienced guys that have, you know, taken their lumps and seen some really big wins. Uh, they don't get uh, uh, flapped or frazzled much on the big stage. They own the big stage for the most part. So I think with the talent and with, with coach Mack and just what he's built in the last, you know, nine, eight years as head coach, this, this could be their best finish yet. Now who's to say what may happen, you know, two months in and, you know, it's hard to predict exactly what, how things will go. But I, I do believe that this team could, you know, get 30 wins plus and, you know, finish their season where no Xavier team has finished before, which would be in the Final Four. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of potential. When my partner and I do our, our Final Four picks, they're definitely going to be in the mix because it certainly doesn't go chalk, right? There's always some some team in the mm-hmm. mix there, and their run last year was more improbable than it certainly would be this year. Uh, thank you so much, folks. Shannon Russell from WCPO.com in Cincinnati, award-winning journalist. She's covered sports, tremendous sports writer, and knows Xavier inside and out, and follow her on Twitter at SL Russell. Shannon, thank you so much for a few moments. We really appreciate it, and we'll be following you during the season. Thank you. Thanks so much.